Welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Harry. And this is The Walking Dead cast, episode 261. Except it's probably going to have very little to do with Walking Dead this week, and that's okay, because we had enough of that. It's time for a palate cleanser, if you want to call it that. So welcome, Harry. Harry, uh, as some of you guys who've been listening for a while might remember, has been on before. Only once, right? I think so. Only once, yeah. We talked about Old Boy. Yeah. So you're the trippy movie guy. <laughs> <laughs> the movies that make you think or I think the ones you either like absolutely love or you just like, why did I watch that? Yeah, they're well, both of these movies, they're highly disturbing and make me wonder about your mental condition for <laughs> suggesting them. No, I'm just kidding. No, they're highly disturbing, but they're artful and they really make you think. Yeah, both of them. So would you follow Scarlett Johansson into a pool of blackness? <laughs> I think I would. I think I would. Yeah, under the right circumstances, I probably would too. I only get apparently only get one shot at it. <laughs> uh, Harry is the host of Podcast Junkies, is one of the podcasts on Podcastica, and how's that going? How long have you been doing that? It's actually um, going on three years. We just uh, published episode one hundred and twenty-five, and I realized I didn't do anything to celebrate the three years, so I might look through a catalog of folks and see who I can bring on for maybe a bonus episode. Um, cause I like, I think it's important to, to celebrate milestones. I think we get mm-hmm. caught up so much sometimes in just grinding out these episodes that we don't, we don't stop to celebrate every now and then. Another good thing to do is to take a break every once in a while and let people miss you. I'm thinking about that because <laughs> yeah. I just went weekly and I'm like, I might take a little break, but, uh, <laughs> we're talking about podcasting. Harry's podcast is, an interview show where he goes out and interviews podcaster that he's interested in. And, uh, I think it's great and you have a really good style. And if people wanted to check that out, what would be a great episode to start with? Uh, why not check out the one with Jason? Oh yeah, that's right. Or Karen even better. (laughs) Yeah. Karen's is good. I'll pull up the numbers in a second, but yeah, those are, those are fun. Uh, especially for listeners of this show. Yeah. I've done a bunch of interviews and she's only done, I think that might be the only one. That was just her, so yeah. it's kind of special. Karen's is one. Uh, Karen's is one oh six. Okay, and uh, I'll pull up yours in a second. Mine's much earlier. Yeah, that's where we. Uh, Fifty six. Fifty six. There you go, people. And shout and, sh- and shout out. Always got to shout out uh, Jessica Rhodes for yeah. introducing us. Yeah, <laughs> she's awesome. She she's been on to host when we do Fear the Walking Dead. She, yeah. She's been on to host a few times. She's pretty great. Okay. Before we get going today, I wanted to mention that I accidentally, last week we had this really great contest where people sent in pictures uh, that they might want to get fracturized, you know, that company fracture and uh, wrote a haiku with each one that was kind of related to it. So it was really personal and it was their best pictures and it was moving but I and it was so <laughs> it was that makes it even worse that I actually forgot to put in a few I accidentally missed several for some reason so I just wanted to let you guys know that if you're wondering why we didn't mention yours uh, we will Karen and I are going to be back next week and we'll do another little contest for the ones that I miss there was like five of them or something like that so you should hear yours then well they've already unsubscribed so right so right forget now. it <laughs> no it was so sweet too there's some of them are so cute and you know meaningful and i just ignored them and i feel horrible but we're gonna make up for it i promise 
Uh, today's episode will have some news about The Walking Dead and some other great TV. Harry and I will talk about Under the Skin, which is a 2013, I guess, sci-fi horror. I don't know. It's not. It's kind of weird to call it sci-fi, but it's definitely horrific. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's a really unique movie. It's starring Scarlett Johansson. If you haven't seen that and you want to check it out, you can rent it on iTunes or Amazon because our, our talk will be spoilery. Then we'll do a little bit of listener feedback. So let's get into the news. Obvious threat to untold numbers of citizens. The people he kills get up and kill. Are they slow moving, Chief? Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. This is a Walking Dead cast news update. That was Rem saying that. <laughs> was it really? Yeah. He's good. Nice. So uh, Scott Gimple's hinting at Rick Grimes' death in Walking Dead Season 8. He told TV Line, quote, Rick will suffer any loss, even his own self, to give his people and other people the life that they should live, where the world belongs to all of them and not just one person, a real life. So he's either, I figure, doing misdirection or he's trying to set expectations because this is going to be Andrew Lincoln's last season and he wants people to be ready for it. <laughs> is that is that is that uh, official that it's no. his last season? Oh, no, okay. this is it's it, it just he just made this little hint and it's freaking some people out. And I would not be surprised if it was though. Uh, I think the mist they sort of fumbled it with the misdirection with Glenn personally. I think, and now they feel people feel like they're being manipulated if they get a, a whiff of any of that happening. I think in future episodes. I know, man. He should just not talk to the press. <laughs> uh, yeah. if uh yeah i don't know i think it's just better i mean it the the show it, as much of a shock it would be as it would be it can't be any more of a shock than how the the season st- this past season started so right. you know and people realize that he's he's not a real i mean it's not like andrew lincoln is dead so <laughs> i so mean it's just like it uh, for the show for a massive like reboot and, and re-injection of energy it would be interesting it would be and i agree with that and also i've always felt like he's the one character who could die that might make me not be as interested in the show uh but i would definitely i mean i wouldn't just stop watching i would be like okay what are they going to do with this how are they going to do mm. this and i also yeah. i kind of feel for andrew lincoln because he's he's a really good character actor and I want to see him in, in other things too. He's isn't he hasn't he graduated at this point past character? He's lead status now, right? Yeah, but I I guess the reason why I say that is in preparation for a panel that I did recently. I um, watched some of his stuff from his BBC shows, and I, maybe this isn't even a character actor, but he was a great comic actor, and he came off so differently, you know, whole whole different person, and it was really fun to watch. And for one thing, so English. And, uh, so, um, it made me feel like, oh man, he, he's such an actor's actor. I, I bet you he would like to flex some other muscles and do some other things. He likes, what he does like doing is cashing those paychecks. I know. And you know, yeah, I'm sure there's also a little bit of take advantage of a good thing, you know, don't, don't end it early and not just cash wise, but it's just, you know, you can tell they're having an ex- the experience of a lifetime. This is this is a life. I mean, this is one of those roles for an actor that's essentially defines their their career, right? Yeah, and this is absolutely. this is that one role and where they uh, where they realize that this is save the money and and just I don't, I don't think a time like this, an opportunity like this, is going to come across right. again. And he, I think he appreciates that too. All right, next, Walking Dead's getting a VR experience. The show's executive producer, David Alpert, told Variety that Skybound has started to work on the project but declined to share further details. So I don't know, it might be a video game or something. I just thought I'd mention that. It's not much information, but I I love VR and I like zombies, so I would be all over that. It feels like it would be a bit uh, too real. I know. (laughs) Like VR and zombies, I think uh, you you have the potential to really start to scare the shit out of people <laughs> there's a greg nicotero i think just as an experiment did a a, a couple of vr sh- five minute films in a forest there was one and it was misty and i i you can watch it on youtube and if you have your phone and you just turn it you'll see a 360 degree experience but if you watch it with a vr headset it's like you're there and excuse me the zombies are coming from all directions very slowly until they're right up on you it was it, it, i loved it it's pretty cool 
All right, next. I just wanted to mention, if you're listening to this and you're a fan of quirky movies like uh, Under the Skin, you know, I've been pimping this American Gods podcast I'm starting. It starts, uh, well, it already, by the time you hear this, the first episode will have been out on Stars. but I saw the pilot and it was kind of had in the same neighborhood of edginess and style and going to really adult places and disturbing even but it has more of a, a lightness to it and a sense of humor but it, it, you know in that vein i mean i i, I was I, I really like the pilot a lot i think you might like it harry it's pretty violent i've seen, I've, though, I've, I've seen the trailer and the cast looks just incredible. yeah crispin glover and uh the girl from x files and e, uh, ian ian mcshane yeah ian mcshane yeah, yeah. Okay, anyways, uh, that podcast, if you want to check it out, it's American Godcast on iTunes. Some of you might know I do an Evil Dead podcast as well. This is not meant to be an advertisement for my stuff, but here's some actual news that goes with this. That uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead on Stars is like candy to me. It's so funny and it's gory and hilarious. And so I'm really stoked that they announced recently Walker Stalker Philadelphia in September 30th, October 1st, the actors from Ash vs. Evil Dead are going to be there. Uh, Ray Santiago, Diana DeLorenzo, Jill Marie Jones, Ted Raimi, and and um, who's the guy that played the $6 million man? Lee Majors. Majors, yeah. And then in Atlanta, all of them are going to be there, plus Bruce Campbell. How old is Lee Majors? He's pretty old. He played Ash's dad, and he okay. did it really well. <laughs> I've never seen him in a comedy before, but he was pretty good. I, he, I didn't think he'd been in anything very recently. Yeah. So that was kind of an inspired casting choice. Last but not least, Hulu's been giving a pilot order for this show, Lock and Key, which is an adaptation of the Joe Hill, who's Stephen King's son, and Gabriel Rodriguez comic that I love. One of my favorite comics ever. Um, Carlton Q's of lost helped develop the pilot and he'll be the showrunner. If it goes to series, Scott Derrickson, who directed Dr. Strange is directing and he'll, he'll also stay on and direct more episodes if it goes to series and lock and key revolves around three siblings who, after the gruesome murder of their father moved to their ancestral home in Maine, only to find the house has magical keys that give them a vast array of powers and abilities. Little do they know a devious demon also wants the keys and will stop at nothing to attain them. So this comic was just really um, grounded and it felt like you were with a real family and then the, you know, all this magical stuff comes into it. So I, I really liked it and I hope that it goes to series and they do it justice. Attention shoppers, Deadcast Top 5 in 5, 4, 3, 2. All right, it's Deadcast Top 5. This week it's our top 5 highlights for Under the Skin. You saw this a while back, right? Because I remember you mentioned it. You know what's interesting is that uh, I'm a huge fan of trailers. <laughs> Uh-huh. I sometimes, uh, I sometimes too. just, I sit there on uh, Apple TV and, and I can, if there's, I would rather watch trailers than sit through like a, a shitty movie. And, so, <laughs> and sometimes the people that design these, they've got just an, uh, an eye for piecing together um, with the music and, mm-hmm. and the scenes. It's like a little short and, film or a little piece of yeah. art. Yeah. And I remember watching the trailer for this and I was like, this is nothing like I've ever seen uh, Scarlett Johansson in right. um, and just the mood that they were trying to set immediately had me intrigued um, and we saw it a while ago with some friends here um, but they mostly fell asleep and I think I ended up being the only one watching it <laughs> late at night and um, I may have dozed off I think at one or two parts but then I watched it again it was um, sort of dreamy it is and mm. it, it requires um, that you pay attention yeah um, if it's well it's almost, I mean we're going to see and hear analogies to 2001 you know for some obvious reasons but um yeah i think it involves a bit of investment and and i think if if you're into it it pays off the thing i found is it's very uh deliberately and i would say slowly paced but scarlett johansson is such a attractive magnetic figure to watch because of her beauty but also her presence and she has one thing that I would say is similar to our other movies is she has this sort of 
almost dispassionate sexiness going on, you know, subtle, quiet. Um, cause oh, Lawson translation is the one that I think of. She, mm-hmm. she's, but, um, anyway, that juxtaposed with her, you can tell right from the beginning that she's dangerous and potentially evil. So for me, I was just transfixed on her and, and unnerved, you know? So that was another thing is my emotions. I was engaged emotionally, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes it was uncomfortable, but it was never bored. And I was laying in bed in the dark, you know, so I didn't have anything else to take up my attention. So that might've helped. It is a type of movie that you need to watch uh, at night with the lights off. And so that the only light coming yeah. is from the screen, because it's dark. It's sort of, yeah, it's dark. It's hard to see, <laughs> like that kind of dark. It is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought, yeah, I had a roller coaster of emotions watching this, and in the middle, I was getting pretty angry, and and uh, and then I, you know, felt amazed and scared, and uh, at points moved. And by the time the whole thing was over, and I had a chance to think about it all, I thought, oh, this is a really good film. It's it's really disturbing. Uh, made me think. And artfully done, so I, I I appreciated it, and I love that that it did have me feeling one way where I was feeling kind of resentful, and then after I had a chance to let it sink in, I was like, no, that's pretty brilliant. <laughs> well, I think uh, for me, I've always liked movies where as soon as it's over, I Google movie title oh, and yeah. what did it what what did it mean? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. It's, it's, so so there's, there's been a handful of movies that I'm just like, okay, uh I'm probably missed a bunch of things here. So yeah. I start reading up on it and I'm like, oh okay, I see. And it's stuff that I obviously missed. I do that with almost every movie. Avengers. <laughs> but um uh, it, this time I wanted to let myself think about it at least for a few minutes because the the pitfall of doing what you just said is people are looking for uh, want to be told how to think. You know, and so and and because you don't understand, and I'm like, I need to understand. That's why people listen to. That's why I, I got into listening to podcasts because I wanted to figure out Lost and what the hell is going on here. But it was good to just sit and write down a few thoughts myself first, just so I could kind of see if I was going to be on the same page as other people or way off base. <laughs> totally. So let's get into our top five. Why don't you go first? So uh, my number five is uh, no dialogue until minute fourteen. Oh wow! I didn't even notice that. And it was—I—I uh, I, I sort of paid more attention. I started realizing it was going on for a while, and I'm like, "What? What's the timestamp here? <laughs> Where they're not? There's nothing actually being. There's no dialogue, and and the beginning is really, you know, um, it. I almost uh, liken it to. Uh, picking up where 2001 Space Odyssey left off. It's sort of like the eye, the mm. the, the, the single light, and there was that scene in, in 2001. And, uh, you know. Wait, you remind could, me of that scene. Oh, just um, Hal. Looking yeah, at the Hal eye. Yeah, okay. sort of like the Hal Got eye it. where it goes down to that one singular point. And mm-hmm. it's, I almost feel like this, and what they're doing there is, is, is showing you some sort of um, birth type scene, genesis yeah. process going or on. Or transformation or something. Yeah. Like um, and then when the dialogue does kick in, um, I'm trying to remember if I'm thinking of the dialogue is her, you can hear her trying to learn English is, is how yes. I interpret it. I yeah, mean, I didn't get any of that until I finished watching and then I'm like, oh, now I understand what was going on in the beginning. So I went, just went back and watched those first couple minutes. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. What you're, exactly what you're saying. Yeah, she's just practicing her English. But the thing, one thing that I feel is a little bit incongruous with this movie is she is so good at seduction and flirting, and that takes nonverbal and verbal communication. And I think it kind of takes an understanding of where your target is mentally and what they want. And, you know, they want to be touched, they're lonely or whatever. And then, but also at the same time, she's a total neophyte in this world. She doesn't know what things are. I don't think she even knew what sex was. So to be such a great seductress and not have an understanding of that felt a little, I don't know. Then again, you see little kids flirting with each other and they don't know what sex is. So maybe but I'm she wrong. Was able, <laughs> she was able to, there's different degrees of uh, seduction, right? She's essentially seducing them while she's having the conversation you know, just outside the window of the of the van, and and then once they're in, she's seducing them in another way. And I think there's varying degrees, and I think that she feels like she can seduce them enough to the point where she can get them inside, and then she doesn't have to do the seduction right. anymore because they're just like mesmerized at that point. 
She knows they want to touch her. She knows that much. And yeah, they I want think that's something they... she would figure out really quickly. Like in the pro- in the programming, she gets to Earth and she's right. just like, "Whoa, these men really <laughs> watch a lot of TV." <laughs> yeah, and you just watch some TV, right? <laughs> okay, my number five is just how this movie got under my skin because there were a few things that really bothered me. I think the one that bothered me the most is when they the guy went out to save the couple, and the couple both ended up drowning and she bonked him in the head and the baby was crying. That was the worst part. And then the motorcycle dude comes back and drags the clothes away, but leaves the baby there at that point. I was like, all right, this movie is too, might be too sadistic for me. (laughs) It was interesting because I was trying to, there's, there's, there's a lot of points in this movie where you have to put yourself or you're being put in the perspective of an alien. Yes. And they, and they, some of that they do incredibly yeah. well. And you really feel like they get a sense for making it seem as the, the cold heartedness and the lack of like empathy, zero empathy, as a matter of fact. You don't even know that because you don't know what she is at first. So it kind of took me looking back on that. I think once you figure out that she's a total either interdimensional or other planetary alien or something that I think she sees people as cattle at that point in the story. Right? Totally. It's, it reminded me of Ex Machina. Yeah. <laughs> What's funny is that she sits there watching and is trying to process what's happening. And if there's zero empathy programming in her, like she's just like, this is interesting, like Spock, right? Like, yeah. oh, you know, I don't understand what's happening <laughs> here. Like, why would you do that? And I just need this this body on that's on the beach and I'll make sure he's dead and I'll bonk him and I'll drag him away. Yeah. I mean, I think that's giving a little bit more credit though, because I think she knows she's doing something that humans won't like, <laughs> but she doesn't care. She doesn't care though. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, they're not important to her. And it, it, it is like, you know, the way most of humanity, or I guess it's most anyway, think of animals. Yes. You know, we th- totally, we we slaughter them (laughs) yeah and i I, there's an amazing video a friend of mine sent about this fish that creates this super ridiculous like sacred geometry fractal pattern in the sand and the ocean and then when you pull back it's this like super big like multi-layered uh circle um that probably takes them an hour hours or something to create and you're just like you think about the mind and then and then you fast forward to the sushi restaurant. <laughs> it was just like, I know. like some of this, and then pigs. So beautiful like and are, so tasty. So and <laughs> pig pigs, they say, are super intelligent as well. Right. Um, so, but it, what's what's interesting is that they they it it was part of the narrative. They had to include that for you to sort of add another um, perspective into like her point of view. Uh, I just realized you're a vegetarian, so. Your 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 soul is is okay. <laughs> well, it's uh, well, it's interesting because um, it's not completely strict. And if I'm in a situation where there's, it's just going to be a pain in the ass to be a vegetarian, mm-hmm. or I'm putting people out of their way. You know, I'm not trying to make other people's lives like uh, difficult because I'm a vegetarian. Right. So, but it's you know, I would say ninety percent of the time, ninety ninety five to the point where I can, I do. That's. I was a vegetarian for several years, and then I decided I wasn't doing it for the right reasons, and so I stopped. We'll we'll do a vegetarian. <laughs> yeah, we <next>. should. <laughs> um, I just want to let me look here in my notes because there were a few other things uh, that got under my skin. The, just the character of the woman. I felt you know just watching her use her sexuality and sensuality and. Uh, and and, uh, I don't know, not only that, but just kindness to lure these lonely guys in. And I I guess she just didn't, she wanted to get the ones who didn't have many connections probably because then she could get away with it. But um, it also meant that it was the saddest guys and, you know, and, and, and that was really got under my skin. And I also, you know, I think uh, I wondered because a lot of these guys, they are, uh, probably where they are or some of them anyway, cause they're objectifying women. And so 
I wondered if it was supposed to be a statement on um, kind of punishing these guys for wanting a woman just because of her body. And that brought up weird feelings, you know? Yeah, and the the choice of the um, characters was interesting. And, and, the, and, and it's just, the, I don't know if you're going to cover it later, but the one guy with, um, what I have here, neurofibromatosis. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is the facial disfigurement. You know, the the fact that they chose that, um, it just added a whole nother layer of like complexity. And I, I felt myself like paying more attention to like, you know, the guy's an actor, um, but it was just, it was just like, it was disturbing. Under, I mean, I got under my skin and I, I'm not sure. What about it? Yeah. Um, Well, the fact that they highlighted, like, you can't think of anyone who would need love and attention more than someone like him, right? right. And so the most desperate, and he's like, "Is this is this creature playing a a trick on me?" And then at some point, he feels like there's some level of sincerity, and he's like, "Well, I'm gonna take this opportunity. This is this will be the only time." I think she asked him, "Like, did you have you he's ever never had anyone? a girlfriend?" Yeah. yeah. And so there was just so much happening because you were you're you're you can't help but notice his disfigurement, and then you see what she's trying to do, and then you wonder why they chose why they decided you know they they had regular actors in there you know just Joe Blow regular folks, and then they they made a, another conscious decision to include this particular actor with this particular disfigurement. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like. I, I, I still don't know if I'm totally getting it, which is good. I, you know, this is the kind of movie that maybe you shouldn't totally get, you know, cause it keeps your wheels spinning, but he was a, he was pivotal because this is where she, I think had a crisis of conscience and mm. I'm not mm-hmm. sure exactly why she was looking at herself in the mirror and had some kind of a shift. And then she decided to save this guy and go off and not do this anymore. So I wondered if it was because she um, of the genuineness there or she just felt I don't know why. Why do you think it seemed what's what's interesting is that as an advanced form of of intelligence, I would imagine if they can get to this planet, even though they, they can lack empathy, they have the ability to learn and process as they're in their new environment and and assimilate and and figure out okay maybe even course correct and say okay i I see how humans behave here so i need to adjust my behavior so i fit in more Mm -hmm. and so there was an aspect of her as you see throughout the movie that she's changing um i don't know if she's changing her her mission objective or, or or she's getting confused about what her mission objective is um by virtue of having these experiences i mean human human empathy works the same way like, yeah. for example, Walking Dead, you know, you can watch that show, see a new character come in that does something annoying and you're like, fucking kill him. And then if you get a chance to get to know that character uh, or they do something heroic, then the people are like, oh, no, they're the best. You know, you just have a mental shift because your experience of that person changes. So I think she, you know, maybe thought of these people as cattle and for some whatever reason that encounter shifted things where she thought oh maybe maybe you know maybe it's like we we have more in common than i thought yeah maybe she looked at this disfigured guy and saw something in herself i don't know it seems significant that she was looking in the mirror for a while yeah and and or or, you know um later we find out that she's basically wearing a skin suit so maybe, you know, it's like, oh, all these people, they're wearing skin suits too, but it's really, you know, what's inside that matters as corny as that sounds. I mean, I really feel like that's the message of this movie that when you go around judging people by their appearances or don't look deeper, then it's easy to treat people horrifically. But when you take time to connect, then that's when you do have empathy. But it also means you're more vulnerable, which she became vulnerable after that moment. She seemed way more vulnerable for the rest of the movie and, and potentially a victim. So that's could be the pitfall sometimes of being open hearted. (laughs) (laughs) Which she found out the hard way. Yeah. 
And it was really interesting. I mean, I'm kind of just stepping all over our, our top five. That's totally fine with me. But it was interesting to me that when the guy raped her at the end, they played the same music, I think, as when she was luring people into that black abyss. Mm. And I think it was a similar act. It's, you know, totally objectifying your 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 prey. Yeah, scenes like that, uh, like movie rape scenes, always disturbed me. And, you know, I was getting disturbed obviously with this one as well yeah me too and i don't and i don't know if it was any different that she turned out to just kind of like scare the shit out of him when he tore a piece of her skin off and yeah. he's like this True. is an alien what the hell is going on here um not that she has a better outcome as a result of it <laughs> i know i know that was crazy i thought oh oh you ran away good because by this time i'm my opinion of her has shifted and and then he just kind of steps back into frame with that can of gas. It almost seemed comical to me. I mean, it was horrible, but <laughs> it's ridiculous. And she, is it payback? I mean, she, how many people did she kill? You know, right. how many people did, and. It's a good question. Yeah, like so how, how does anyone deserve forgiveness? Uh, it did seem pretty clear that she had a major shift and that potentially going forward, she might be a completely different person if you want to call her that. But she fucking horrifically killed several men, probably way more than we even know. Well, let's, I mean, let's talk about the way they, they died because it seemed to be a slow death. I know (laughs) that's yeah. That's the worst. I mean, my, uh, my number three is the effects. And I, I think it was minimal effects, but when they were present. Effective. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the you at some point you thought they just went into this black goo and then they showed the guy alive still Floating. processing the fact that there's some other, yeah, bloated and about to get deflated. <laughs> yeah, kind of loose skinned. And they, I love the way they touched hands. It was almost like a solidarity thing. Yeah. But then he had the body like sucked out of his skin. Yeah. And maybe that, uh, no, I don't know. I was going to say maybe that that's how they got her skin. But well, it's, it's, it's a theme, right? This idea of under the skin yeah. and then her skin tears and then they get sucked out and all that's left of this is the skin. So there's this, uh, maybe this, this whole theme of like skin deep, beauty skin deep and all that stuff that's happening. And yes, with, with these, have you ever seen effects like that? before i mean you watch a lot of sci-fi and which which one the skin yeah the The skin skin. yeah no um i don't know but that was really disturbing (laughs) i thought yeah and effective like you said and i love uh, speaking of this how they kind of iteratively showed a little bit more with each guy because she you know it was the same process every time but we only get to see first she meets a guy then you never see him again don't know what the hell happened and then the next time he lures that guy into the pool and that's the end of that so they just showed a little bit more with each guy about what what the hell was going on with her yeah so there was a void in the back of this van and then there was a void in in, in, with the black pool and um it made me wonder if it was an other dimensional space or if it was kind of an artistic choice or, or what, because the people, the guys didn't seem to notice, but at one point I think the disfigured guy said, I'm dreaming, I'm dreaming. So you think maybe they're just kind of mesmerized and hypnotized at that point. So they don't notice. Yeah. I get the sense that it's almost, uh, sort of like a, when a mosquito gives you the, uh, whatever it is, the the anesthetic or something like, so you can't feel that it's on you or something. So there's this sense of like, they don't, they're acting like it's, they're in a regular room. Yeah. And maybe they're showing us like her perspective of where she has them in now. And they don't realize they've actually entered into a void or entered into right. her, her lair. But or is a, that like a literal representation of the surroundings or is it just kind of an artistic? We no, don't know. I, yeah, we don't know. And I think it's, <laughs> that's the beauty of it because they can go back and forth between artistic representation of, a lot of it is like, um, you know, metaphorical. So, yeah. What uh, do you think was going on with uh, which part? With these beings, what were they doing? Why are they? Why is she on? Why is she on Earth? Yeah, and what was she doing with these guys? And who were these motorcycle guys? Yeah, the motorcycle guys are like her handler. You can easily. Uh-huh. It's almost like the. Um, 
what's the what's the what's the guy who who picks up after the bodies for the hitmen? I mean, in the, the yeah, tw- the guy who dumps the acid in the bathtub and the gets fixer, <laughs> or something. the fixer, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I get the sense that he's her fixer, and she's apparently pretty sloppy because the guy's racing around <laughs> town, like uh, chasing down people running in the fields and like throwing people into it, cars, and like he's he's does all the grunt, like <laughs> I know <laughs> grunt work. That's a good point because I was sort of thinking, you know, at first she seems so um, horrible and. Like I felt like it was turning the thing of men objectifying women totally on its edge where the woman becomes the predator and and that's an interesting feminist take on it. Right. But then in the end, when she decides she doesn't want to do it anymore and these motorcycle guys are chasing after her, presumably to make her do it, then suddenly she's not doesn't seem so empowered anymore. It's almost like a pimp situation or something yeah yeah there was a sense of a, definitely like a alien better have my money <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so wrong so i i yeah what are they doing though they're like uh they want to basically harvest humans right for some reason well it's, inter- well, it's interesting because most alien uh intervention movies or alien takeover it's like the ship, right? It's like the massive mothership or it's just like this swarm of beings or coming on. And this almost has the sense of like a reconnaissance mission or um, sort of like the first folks here to figure out what's going on so that the rest of the aliens can come and see like, you know, what, what you know, it's almost like the inverse of alien, right? When they go to the planet and they're like, mm-hmm. okay, let's see if we can populate this planet. And so they send, there's probably like a alpha team, right? There's like a, a person who's going to be in the field and there's a person that does as their handler and then scouts. maybe like a back yeah scouts or something See, but like that they took they're taking these guys and they're going into this trough so for me i thought it was more of a harvesting thing kind of did you ever see v yeah. uh, like the tv show yeah yeah like well i guess they were probably going to try to take over too but in the meantime they were harvesting it felt like they were they're just collecting bodies well know. that that it there is an aspect of them pulling the life energy out of these people, obviously, because if all they're leaving is their skin, they're just su- sucking all the essence out of a person um, to put back into this primordial goo from maybe from which we all came from, right? Mm. So maybe there's an aspect of that happening. Hmm. But but also, um, it's very inefficient if it's just her <laughs> and this yeah, guy doing it because, true. or if it's a representation of like, hundreds of people like this on the planet and we just happen to see what's happening in Scotland and it's happening in all countries and they've just got you know just these um, super aliens going out and slowly but surely like you know sucking out the the life blood the thing is it doesn't it doesn't matter and you know this was adopted from a novel did you know that written Mm -hmm. in 2000 and uh, let's see I'm going to read the synopsis of the novel, which is actually much different than the movie. Uh, Michael Faber wrote it. It says the protagonist is Israeli, an extraterrestrial sent to earth by a rich corporation on her planet to pick up unwary hitchhikers. She drugs them and delivers them to her compatriots who mutilate and fatten her victims so that they can be turned into meat as human meat or vodison is a delicacy on the aliens barren home world. The novel is darkly satirical. Its themes include sexism, big business, factory farming, the environmental decay and reflects on more personal questions of sexual identity, humanity, snobbery, and mercy. And so that, that was the way it was in the novel, but I, I don't think it matters in the movie. In fact, I think it's better not to spell out what was going on because what's more important is the mood and the feel and these themes and getting you thinking about that versus the plot of the specifics of what they were trying to achieve. Yeah, I think some, the less you know, the more you. F- I feel like you have to pay attention because you're like, yeah. what, is go- what is going on here? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's what I loved about Lost. It, yeah. you, it forced you or it just drew in your attention because you didn't have any way to categorize it and file it away. True. All right. What's your next point? Um, the improvisation. So... Um, when you look into how they shot the scenes, the only way they were going to get that reaction from some of the folks on the street and some of those camera shots is that they were just shooting hidden camera and she was actually talking to people on the street 
you know, and they, that's why they had to go a place like Scotland where you know, the, probably not a lot, everyone a lot knew of, her. Not everyone knew her, uh. but you got some of these. That's why you got some of these really, really genuine like conversations with people like, oh, is this really hot woman talking to me? And, and <laughs> you know, better than any actor could pull it off because right. you're just imagine like the reactions of like, why are you driving around this van? And you want to pick me up and you're actually flirting with me. And then so you see that like they can't hide like their genuine like interest and like arousal, maybe if you will. Right. Because um, it it's really genuine and it's <laughs> and it's really interesting to watch. And then you hear yeah. that. You know, she was just, they were just improvising. And apparently the other thing that I, I read is that she actually, there was a security team assigned to her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think you see it in the credits. Like, there needs to be. Yeah, there would have to be. Because I imagine a couple of people were like, you're Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> what I love about that, is, or even not knowing she's Scarlett Johansson, they're going to get in a van and try something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, what I love about that is that these people would probably, some of them, maybe most would probably be really shitty actors if they were given a script and told to act this out, but yep. they're better than any actor when, when it's, they did it the way they did. And I actually think that I'm not sure, but I think some of these guys, if they actually got in the van, then they got to, you know, then they got told what was going on and asked if they wanted to play a little bit more yeah. into it. That, there wasn't, I, I love there, that. There wasn't that much, Dialogue. quote unquote acting acting for them or dialogue for them to do so a lot of a lot of times it was just a scene of them slowly undressing as they right as they, they're like are you willing to get dressed you know are you willing to get completely naked and they're like yes right. are you gonna pay me yes <laughs> so that's it like yeah because some of these guys look really like you know uh like d-bags like total like yeah. guys like yeah i'm hooking up y'all and like, i love that they were you know i guess it feels like a foreign film they were is it a foreign film i don't it's in scotland but I think yeah. it's American produced. Anyways, that uh, there's a lot of nudity and the bodies aren't perfect. And even Scarlett Johansson, she hasn't done much nudity as far as I know. But in this movie, she's gazing at her own body for several minutes as mm-hmm. if it was something she's never really looked at before. And so we get to do the same thing. And, uh, you know, she's beautiful, but also not not perfect. I mean, yeah, normal, she, like a normal. Yeah, body. normal. Yeah. yeah. And I was um, impressed that she would do that in a movie yeah <laughs> all right so yeah just just the, the overall like leaving opportunities for improvisation i thought was really cool yeah man i think that's really really great it worked so well i feel like it would have been good to have a woman karen on this episode too it would be really interesting to get her perspective and i kept thinking because it was really bugging me how cruel scarlett johansson was and I realized, and using her sexuality to um, lure these guys in, and I realized that's because I'm vulnerable to that, you know? Like, if I see a gorgeous woman and she's giving me attention, um, especially, you know, before I, when I was available, then uh, I would be caught up in that. And and then if she took me to her lair and subsumed me in a pool of black goo, I wouldn't be happy about that. But, yeah. you know, then once it was all over, I realized, well, that's what, I mean, it's... I bet you some women, and I don't know, write in and let me know, but would watch this and go, man, this feels so good to see, even though it's really brutal and and extreme, that, you know, she's she's in control here and she's the one doing the objectifying. And, you know, I'm so sick of people looking at me like a piece of meat all the time. They don't even care Mm -hmm. who I am. And now that's now that's what the women woman in this movie gets to do to all these guys. Yeah, there's Mm -hmm. been I mean countless movies where they show the guy in this role and we and we know that there's guys that do this and i think it's uh i think there was an active decision or conscious decision to sort of flip the roles and and you know show that the opposite was was possible well not that that makes it any better right no it doesn't but it's like it it made me feel like um, how negan really bothers karen gets under i think he gets under her skin hi karen if you're listening to this and i think that's one reason why she's really hated this season or not liked it and uh and i think it's partly because he's such a chauvinist asshole Mm -hmm. and uh and i think scarlett johansson's character got under my skin in a similar way because like i said i i would probably fall prey to that you'd be be the first one in the van yeah i mean maybe not right now but i would have at one point in my life for sure and uh um hi jenny uh (laughs) and so uh you know, I can understand, but you know, I, I try to take a step back and, and appreciate it 
even though it personally affected me that way. And I, and I was able to, at the end, I, I, that almost, I don't know why, but that feeling just left me and I thought it was a great movie. Well, it's good is that it, it, it sort of engenders this conversation because, yeah. you know, most movies, majority of movies don't. And then this is the right. one where you have to think about topics like this. And, and, yeah. and, and I'm, for me, that's a sign of a, of a good movie. Absolutely. I realize I, I think I pretty much covered most of my points. We didn't really talk about how she it was interesting that she ended up being lured at the mm-hmm. end by a gentleman. I, at least he seemed like it. Right. It looked like they, there was some genuine affection there. And, be, and I think that's because she did decide to open up and see hum, humans at eye level. Uh, and then it was really interesting, the sex scene, because I guess she didn't have a vagina. I don't know. Uh, that was really interesting. And then she was uh, chased by this total fucking God. That guy was so good at project. Being yeah. Being creepy when he came up and just started. Cause the, the other guy, I loved that, you know, the gentleman guy, he barely said a word to her and, and she to him, but there was a, uh, underlying connection there and I love when that happens in real life too where you don't feel like the need to speak because you just feel that connection with somebody it's okay to be quiet and then this guy came in was the total opposite <laughs> filling up the space but just creeping me out well it's so that, that part in the middle where she's with the guy and she's trying to figure out if she's she can actually become more human mm-hmm. I, I don't want to say it was a, it turned into a little bit of a romantic comedy there, it but did it was it just did, like yeah. <laughs> but it was it was it was interesting to watch and I don't, I don't know, man. I don't think that's that easy to pull off because she has to play, uh, you know, the cold alien is almost like easier to do, but then the cold alien who's discovering that, you know, maybe there's another way to be that's not cold and I'm going to manufacture some, I don't know if what you'd call it emotion or empathy or, you know, what she was trying to do. And I get the sense that she was, it was obviously challenging for her to, to figure out, uh, how she's supposed to feel and mm-hmm. and i think the kiss and she eats the the pancakes i think or something like that. cake <laughs> i think the, cake. The, yeah the, yeah it was yeah. cake and spits she, it all out spits it out it was, <laughs> that, that was, was interesting nice, because yeah. yeah she ate she she ate the cake first and you could tell it was the first time she'd ever tried cake she's like okay yeah. wait maybe there's another path here let me see if i can fit in in this world and experience it like they do and then bleh, and then the next scene is like a relationship sex scene and i'm yeah. like I was nervous the whole time. Well, she didn't like the cake. What if she doesn't like kissing? And then the kid, oh, she did like the kiss. Oh, this is going great. And then, oh, <laughs> not so and good. she's so like, she's so great because she's just like a robot. She just like pulls out the lamp and like shines it on her private parts. And she's like, like what? <laughs> yeah, what, what were you trying to do there? Because I don't think it's going to work. <laughs> um, what's interesting is that that type of scene has been done in the past, but with the alien or a robot like in their alien like outfit or dressed as an alien or looking like an alien or as a robot. And then so, so when they do it, you're like, Oh look, the, the alien doesn't mm. get the human behavior. But this was like, you did, you hadn't seen up until that point, the, what was under the skin. Um, so it's interesting because other people are watching and you're like, what's wrong with you? Like, why are you acting like that? <laughs> and then the end, what about the end? Let's talk about the end a little bit. Uh, I guess there's not that much to say. I mean, I, it was very uh, just the part where you know she steps out of her skin, and mm-hmm. that was visually amazing and it, it, visually surprising. But it wasn't totally surprising in general, just because I I figured by that point she's not human. <laughs> well, I love the that they waited so long to do it. Yes, me too. And and the alien was so. It almost it, it fit right who how she was acting because it almost like if you saw that alien Terminator like yeah very uh, Terminator like black steel cold um, this metallic quality to her and just made of that black goo or just whatever it is I think they did it incredibly well um, I didn't really feel any empathy for the alien it's hard once you see them like that you're just like oh i'm malfunctioning like and they're just like, <laughs> like, power, like they're just powering down at that point or something mm-hmm. but in fact it's less a robot and just a advanced technology being. it's advanced yeah being right so maybe you know it's less of a machine and more of an advanced um organism so. yeah i i guess i felt a little 
removed after that happened. She stepped out of her skin, but I still felt sorry for her. Yeah. And especially getting burnt up like that. That was an interesting way to. End well, it's it. interesting that there's always a way to destroy the alien, right? <laughs> yeah. Unless they take over. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, one thing. Uh, they originally were going to do a big budget thing with Brad Pitt. It was going to be yeah. a husband, wife, farmers, and they decided to pare it way down and focus on on Scarlett Johansson. I'm glad they did. Yeah, the uh, the director was working on this for I think ten years. Oh, something crazy like that. Like he was working. He's he's been having this idea, and he, this is the guy who did Sexy Beast. I never did see that. That's oh, really good with uh, Gandhi. Yeah, <laughs> Ben King, Ben, ben Kingsley. Kingsley. Yeah, yeah. All right. Anything else you want to say about it before we move on to listener responses? Nope, that was good. All right. Thanks for yeah, that bringing that out. That was great. All right, let's do these back and forth. We'll we'll take turns. I'll go first. Okay. James Aducci says, "Saw it very good, but I watched it with closed captioning because the Scottish accents were indecipherable." Totally <laughs> true. Uh, Leland Hardinson, I watched it about six months ago. It's a bit of a slow burn, but it's not boring at all. More like watching a chain reaction car wreck can't take your eyes away from it even though you want to there's a scene on the beach that my mind keeps drifting back to and replaying over and over again it left an indelible mark on me it was compelling and disturbing i enjoyed it in a morbid sense but not in any hurry to watch it again (laughs) i read that comment before watching it and now i know what you mean and uh that was horrible uh glenn north says watch this a while back and it was one of those good movies that get under your skin pun totally intended unnerving soundtrack and even without much dialogue it gets the ideas across well i've recommended it often but with the warning that it's not for everyone i still think the sounds in the opening like reverberations of learning speech played from a synthesizer so creepy so good totally uh jason williams very unsettling movie but love the uneasiness that studio a24 has an incredible library worth a deep dive that's so true every time i I see a movie that's interesting nine times out of ten it's it's got that a24 studio interesting Uh, yeah there's a lot of good stuff coming out of there okay uh michael darwin says was not a fan this film is well made but i'm not a style over narrative fan yeah not for everyone elizabeth nikolai Nikolaevich. Nikolaevich. She says, tried to read the book. Yuck. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh, Mark Miller says, a movie recommendation for you, The Devil's Backbone. And somebody else said that was good. I don't know about that movie. I've seen that. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah, it's it's from Argentina, I think. Sounds good. All right. That's it. Let's take a little break. There's a little bit more to come. Stay with us. In the dark of night. Faces they haunt me, but I wish you were so close to me in the dark of night. By my side, in the dark of night. By my side, I wish you were. I wish you were. Okay, we're back. It's time for listener moans, groans, and grunts. This will be something more different than we've ever done in this segment. We did, I don't think we really got any email this week, uh, but I asked on Facebook, what's in your pocket just for fun and got a way more interesting answers than I thought because I always just have my keys, my iPhone and my wallet and that's it. And it's really boring. So people had some lyrical, some metaphorical, some literal some fantastical answers and I noticed lint came up more than anything else, <laughs> which is not very interesting, but I thought we'd read through these just for fun. Yeah, sure. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Heather J. Millsap, one hand, the other is hailing a taxi cab. <laughs> who, who still hails taxi cabs? That's um, <laughs> Alanis. One hand in my pocket, the other hailing it. Oh, I can't sing it, but yeah. it's a lyric. I'm going to edit yeah, that out. Yeah, <laughs> you got it. I got, okay. I got one hand I know. in my pocket. And the other one, hail, uh, yeah. call an Uber. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Whitehurst says, car keys, cell phone in my left pocket, walking dead wallets in my right pocket, and coins in the small one above the right pocket. I want to know more about the walking dead wallet. Please let me know. 
I get the sense that it's one of those Velcro ones. Uh, er- Ernest Reich says, oh, not much. Just the one ring to rule them all. <laughs> My precious. Heather Hillebrand says, a spare tampon and some lint. You asked. <laughs> Sean, L- Sean Lawson says, miracles. <laughs> I love the juxtaposition of a spare tampon and miracles. Uh, Raymond Joe says, sport and PJ, so nothing. Uh, Matthew Brooks, I've got a pocket full of kryptonite. I've also got a pocket full of rubbers and my homeboys do too. (laughs) Karen, she says, made a trip up north from LA this weekend and met up with old friends and mentors, some of whom I hadn't seen in over five years, keeping their words of career advice plus personal well-being in my back pocket. Mm. Artista Omer El Malaya (laughs) says, doggy treats. We're fostering an abused puppy until she finds a good home. She's so sweet and smart. She had her month-long cast removed and got her shots so we can take her for longer and longer walks. Oh, That's nice. That is nice. Evan Brookman says, I got a hole in me pocket. So that one is empty. Wallet, also mostly empty. Frowny face. One Kershaw folding knife with a few feet of paracord. Ooh, what are you going to do with that? Truck keys, a gas receipt, and a roll of wax dental floss. Huh. I actually have a Kershaw here as well. <laughs> Andy uh, Missy Kerrigan says there's a lion in my pocket and baby he's ready to roar uh, Rosalind uh, Mendez no pockets just got home from work so off with the scrubs on with the yoga pants Wendy Ott Eppers I never put anything in my pockets except I keep matching gloves in my coat pockets uh, <laughs> that's very charming Harv Landeros says a lighter in one a glass pipe in the other smoke it if you got it Johnny Hazard, a piece of beach glass, such a a dollar, and a sole beer bottle cap, like every day. (laughs) Gayla Burr says, some cash in my left pocket, my daughter's bracelet in my right hand pocket. She asked me to hold it during her music lesson. Brian Marcy Bennett, I'm not wearing pants. (laughs) (laughs) Joey Poole says, half of a ham sandwich. (laughs) Diana K. Morgan, lip gloss a few minutes ago. I wonder if the ham sandwich one is true. Do people put sandwiches in their pockets? That happens in novels a lot. I don't if know. you have a like cargo pants yeah. or cargo shorts, you got that big that. side pocket. I can see that. Yeah, I would have to really smush it into my jeans pocket here. Robin Springer says, I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. Where's that from? Je- uh, Justin Timberlake. It's uh, a good okay. one. It's good. <laughs> uh, Sean Naranjo Glowaki. Hugs, kisses from my kids, and a lot of hope for mankind. Whoa, that's nice. Rebecca Louise says, wearing a bathrobe, so nothing. Uh, Dan Med- Medsey, a small amount of lint. <laughs> Whenever I wear a bathrobe and I put something in there, that's usually when I am an hour later running around the house crazy <laughs> trying to find it, pulling my hair out. Uh, Laura Willie Swink says, my AirPods, lucky. Yeah. Brett Marr iPhone in one pocket, Shell Cordovan wallet in the other. <laughs> I looked that up. Those are fancy. Oh, yeah? Uh, AD Stout says, my ass. <laughs> Nick Penalber says, some guap. I think that means money. Uh, Daryl Dow says, a DeWalt multi-tool. I need to get something like that. Yeah, for the uh, apocalypse. <laughs> Lisa R. Ott, an earring and a vitamin. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you don't eat the wrong one. Yeah. Eve Shoemaker says, fuzz. Veronica Calderon, dog treats. Anita Chansey, nothing. All right, that's it. That's our show, episode 261. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Thanks for coming on, Harry. Hope you had a good time. Of course. Yes, always fun. We both said we were scatterbrained before this, but I think it turned out pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> we got it together. Yep. If you want to call us, you can reach us at six five zero four eight five dead. That's six five zero four eight five three three two three. Or you can email us at brains at podcastica dot com. And you can find both Harry and I on the web at podcastica dot com, or you can find me at facebook dot com slash deadcast. And podcast junkies at podcastjunkies dot com. All the links to Facebook, Twitter, social media, all that good stuff is there. Next episode is a big one. This is our yearly season seven wrap up crossover with Chris and Jason from the talking dead podcast. I always look forward to this one. Part one will be on our podcast this year and then part two on theirs. And, um, it'll be fun to talk about season seven because it was such an interesting season. So I hope you guys come back for that for now. That's our show. Bye.
Thanks for listening. Don't get bit. Leland Hardison. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul.